Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. Check us out on Facebook, my personal fan page, Mr. CJ Sports. The 110 Nation fan page, the 110 Nation Sports. Glad to be back in the studio on this Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, make sure that you guys check out Race Chat live every Monday night right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And then don't forget, Thursday nights, the Southern Dirt Track Report, also at 8 o'clock right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. Got to say, not a bad weekend. My NFL picks uh, um, turned out pretty pretty, pretty well. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't think there was too many losses at all. Um, Got to go back through and see how I did uh, finally finish. Wrote it down this week, so I know what uh, I'm looking at this week. Got a lot of things to jump into tonight. Um, so make sure that uh, uh, you guys uh, hang around. Got a lot of things. Uh, from Urban Meyer to the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Thursday night game. Oh, my Lord, I'm tired of hearing about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Brady Belichick, um, the Tony Rule, and then a little bit of NFL, got, or a little bit of NASCAR, and got my NFL picks. So, uh, without any further delay, let's jump into some of this stuff going on in the sporting world um, this evening. Um, let's, let's, let's hit, let's go ahead and hit the, the nail on the head and jump into the first topic. Let's, uh, jump into this whole Urban Meyer thing. Good Lord, have mercy. Um, Jacksonville has enough to really, to have on their plate already versus worrying about who he has rubbing up on him, dancing up on him, lab dancing, whatever you want to call that whatever um in that video you you're the worst team in the nfl for now two seasons there's a reason why you had the number one draft pick still uncertain why you wasted the number one draft pick on probably what is the most overrated quarterback in all of college football um oh but he's not lost a, he's lost more games in the nfl than he lost in his total high school and college career um in the regular season a uh, big whoop de doo <laughs> playing the acc <laughs> he lost games playing in the acc especially playing for clemson then you probably don't deserve to be in the nfl anyway but anyway that's that's a whole other topic for a whole other issue but this whole this whole Urban Meyer thing, 
Um, it's it's funny to me. It's it's kind of insane to me at the same time. You you have video of Urban Myers standing there leaning against the barstool, whatever it was, and, and some woman basically dancing up against him. It's not like you got video of Urban Meyer going back to a hotel. It's not that you have video of Urban Meyer having sexual relations with a female. It's not even like you've got video of Urban Meyer even kissing another woman. You simply got Urban Meyer in a bar in Columbus with a female in front of him dancing up on him. Granted, that was a little, little, little more than should be for a married man. But at the end of the day, he's at a bar. Has a woman up against him. Dancing. Not like she has got her ass all up against him, grinding hard, but just up against him, dancing. To make this be this whole spectacle that it is now turned into is crazy insane to me because at the end of the day, that is between him and his wife. For all these people to judge, first of all, if it be in morale, against morales, if it, if it be against people's beliefs, whatever the case, everybody believes different. And it's funny because I, I've had this conversation with people before. I believe what I believe when it comes to heterosexual, homosexual, that whole topic, being someone that's grown up in the church. But I've also, regardless of my belief, don't judge and don't discriminate on what I believe and don't believe. Because at the end of the day, regardless if I believe what somebody is doing is a sin or not a sin, I know what I have done behind closed doors. I know what I have done in the first 43 years of my life before I was married. I also believe that having sex outside of wedlock is a sin. So how am I going to judge others on what they do with who they do when I have not led a Christ-like life? In other words, I've not led a perfect life. So to hear all these people have their two cents, even though, you know, you got Joe, Bob, and, and Mike down at the local bar running their mouth while Mike's got a side piece. Joe has cheated on his girlfriend in the past, and, and Bob is, is stolen more than once from a, from a gas station. Like it, for all these people to throw their two cents in, and, and talk about 
I, I can't believe he did this to his wife and everything else. And, and granted, being especially a freshly married man, I, like I said, I what he did was not cool. But for me to judge what he has done or not done, the fact that he has, the fact that the only thing that video showed was him allowing a female to dance up on him that, like I said, once again, that shouldn't happen. But that's to the whole point. You got all these people, because people already got their their thoughts, their their judgment, their their opinion of Urban Meyer. This just kind of pushes you in that direction that you already have of Urban Meyer. If you already have respect for Urban Meyer or like Urban Meyer, then this changes nothing. If you already don't like Urban Meyer or have no respect for Urban Meyer, this changes nothing. It just pushes you more into that direction. At the end of the day, it affects my life no way, no shape, no form. I could care less if a video came out tomorrow that she was she was hanging from the ceiling fan and he, he was in whips and chains and leather. So I, I could really care less. It's just part of my business. At the end of the day, <laughs> it, changes, it does not change my opinion of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't change my opinion of the overrated quarterback that they have instead of going with the quarterback they had. Not that either, not that either one, or the, the Manchu was Minchu, Machu, whatever, was that much better, but it, it was still an upgrade to what you have right now. But to, to, to hear these different reports... The team has lost um, confidence in the coach. The team is this and the team is that. How has that changed your confidence in what the coach is doing on the field? What he does on a Thursday night in a bar in Columbus has nothing to do with what was going on in that field that they almost beat Cincinnati on Thursday night, earlier that night. It has nothing to do with next Saturday night or next Sunday. Um, when they suit up to lose their next football game. It has nothing to do with the previous three losses or the, the, the previous, what we had, 19 straight losses since going 1-0 back to last year and then losing every game pretty much since then. It's It's funny to me how this ultimately non-story has turned really into this crazy, humongous story that at the end of the day does not reflect, does not, I'm not going to reflect, does not change the day-to-day operations of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, And for these, so many people to be so consumed in somebody's personal life. And at the end of the day, this is between him, his wife, I think Shelly's her name, and God. Everybody else's thoughts, opinions, comments, at the end of the day, is, is really meaningless. Has no no point to it. And it, it, it's insane because... 
the only difference between Urban Meyer and I would say at least half of the NFL is Urban Meyer's business was put out there. The rest of them have managed just to keep their business on the DL. And like I said, once again, all the video showed was a little close, closer than too close for comfort dancing. Like I said, it wasn't like she was twerking. It wasn't like she was bumping and grinding. It wasn't like she was stripping. It wasn't nothing. No kissing, no groping, no sex, no nothing. Just simply some dancing. Some white girl dancing at that. (laughs) Um, For this to be such a thing, here we are three days, four days later, almost a week later is beyond me how this story has managed to carry so much steam that we're going into almost a week later still talking about Urban Meyer at a bar in Columbus. <sighs> Baltimore Ravens. This is another another story out there that at the end of the day cracks me up. Because it's petty. It makes no sense to me. The Baltimore Ravens are up 23-7 to with a few seconds left on the clock and have an opportunity to basically continue their streak of 100-yard rushing games. Um, to It was either to tie or to pass the Pittsburgh Steelers. A team that has become a, a, a big rivalry in the AFC North. We, we've gotten to the point that the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers just despise each other. There, there, there is no, <laughs> no love lost between these two teams at all. If there if there is a game that I'm going to watch that involves the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, it's going to be this game. Once or even twice. No matter how sorry one team is and how good the other team is, no matter how good both teams are, no matter how sorry both teams are, this is going to be an intense, chippy rivalry game. So, of course, this record means something to the Baltimore Ravens. This is kind of an opportunity to continue this beef between these two teams, an opportunity to take the Pittsburgh Steelers off the record book on something, and and just kind of an opportunity to be one up on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, it seems that the Denver Broncos and the head coach did not find too fond of this, was not too thrilled of the fact that they just didn't go into victory formation and end the game, that they they went ahead and ran a play, that they knew that they were running a play. It was obvious. It wasn't like they just surprised them. Um, And end up getting their their hundred yard game and continue in their streak. We all know one that I, I 
despise 31 teams. So I, I have love for my Cleveland Browns. Anything outside of that, I don't like. Some teams, granted, I have a dislike more than others. Baltimore, of course, being, you know, the, the former Browns is one of those teams that I have a little more despise or hatred towards versus other teams. But this is one of those moments that, and very few moments, that I actually don't have an issue with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't have an issue with what they did. And, and a, a couple things. This is just like the whole running up the scoreboard. Ultimately, at the end of the day, for those that bitch, moan, and cry, that, oh, you, they, they, they ran the score. It's the fourth quarter, and they're already up 28 to nothing. And they, they, they instead of just going to victory formation, they, they kicked a field goal where they scored another touchdown. One, at the end of the day, you're asking a team to not be competitive to 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 save your humility. You know, if your team played defense like it's supposed to, and you play like professionals, the score wouldn't have been ran up. Or, in this instance, Baltimore wouldn't have felt that they or was that close to where they needed to run on one more play, running play, to to continue their streak, to continue this record. But two, if this was such an issue to the Broncos organization, you know how you solve that? You stop Lamar Jackson. You stop the running back. You don't even let them get to an opportunity that they feel that, oh, all you got to do is run three more yards and we can finish our streak. Or even more so on that particular play, which you knew they were running, you knew what the objective was on that entire play. All you had to do was stop them. All you had to do was hit them in the backfield. If you would have pushed them back another two yards, five yards, whatever, they would have probably, odds are, just chalked it up and that would have been the end of the streak. The record went and continued on. But not only did you allow the Baltimore Ravens to be in a position where they only needed to pick three more yards up to continue this record, you allowed them to get the three yards. I think they got five yards on the play. And Lamar Jackson slid. It wasn't like he had to go through and get hit and everything else. He was able to slide and be down without even contact. But you allowed the Baltimore Ravens to get the yards on a play you knew was coming. It wasn't like all of a sudden they're just going to pass the ball. You knew they were running the ball. Like I said, there, there, there's not a lot of things that the Baltimore Ravens do that I'll ever approve of or not have an issue with. This is one of them that I don't have an issue with. If Denver had an issue with them 
up 23-7, to running to continue a streak, to continue a record, then Denver should have manned up and either, A, not allow Baltimore to even be in the ballpark of be able to get this, or B, on this particular play, which they knew was a running play, should have stopped them. But not, not only for personal reasons did the Baltimore Ravens do this, to continue this record, to, to one-up on the Pittsburgh Steelers, to continue to try to um, be the best in their division and, and just one-up the, the Steelers. But too far, you know, some of these players, their their pay depends on this. Their, their, their bonuses, they, they can get a sub, sub, substantial amount of bonus if they reach certain accomplishments throughout the season. So you 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 want for argument's sake, I, I I don't know if there was any stipulations what Lamar Jackson needs to accomplish this year to even increase a bonus opportunity. But just for hypotheticals, are are you saying that you don't want Lamar Jackson to pick up that three yards to put him in a, a bracket that potentially can make him millions of dollars? Just because your butt hurt on a game that you're losing by more than two touchdowns and on a running play that you knew was happening before they snapped the ball and your defense is just too sorry to do anything about. I mean, that's, that's kind of the gist of what I'm getting. Oh, a couple of teams that are sticking their chest out loud and proud this weekend and uh, after this weekend, and I'm really honestly tired of hearing about. Being from the great state of Ohio, I've had to hear a lot of Cincinnati fans. Oh, Cincinnati this. Oh, Cincinnati that. First of all, you're tied with Cleveland and Baltimore. Cincinnati nothing at this point. But more so after this weekend and, and proud on a primetime game that we we beat a we you beat who? You beat the team that is the worst team the last two years. You beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that shouldn't have been as close as it was. For all these people walking around the great state of Ohio beating on their chest and proud of their Cincinnati Bengals. You do realize you only won 24 to 21 in a close game against what is the worst team in the NFL. Having a number one draft pick, drafting Trevor Lawrence is just proof in the pudding that there is the worst team in the NFL. This is not just Mr. CJ Sports saying uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL. They had the number one draft pick because they were the worst team in the NFL last year. And now here we are 0-4 into this season. Dallas Cowboys, another team. Another team that is beating their chest after uh, after this weekend. And it's it's the insanity of all this. Lord have mercy, the insanity that all of a sudden, because they beat the Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panther team that first three games they played nobody, 
They beat teams that even win games. You have the, 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 the two categories, contenders and pretenders. And, and outside of Carolina fans, delusional Carolina fans at that, nobody had Carolina outside of the pretenders category. Nobody actually had them as legit contenders. That's all like all these stats of Sam Darnold this and Sam Darnold that. Just when you start off the season playing nobody, when, when you, you beat teams that have a combined of zero wins, it's easy to have stats that are better than your previous years when you had to play, even just in your division alone, the New England Patriots, the, the the Buffalo Bills, who was, what, a game short of going to the Super Bowl, and the Miami Dolphins, who's been in the middle of the pack, just in your division alone. Not not to to mention um, the the rest of the schedule. Then then you come to play in Carolina and you, no fault to Carolina and, and people get this. I have seen this argument so many times. Oh, this team has such an easy schedule. They they, they, they got you do realize it's a rotating schedule. The NFL just has a rotating schedule. Everybody plays the same schedule in rotation. Um, and you just get lucky in certain years, just like when Carolina went to the Super Bowl. They got lucky. They played nobody. I think the one team that had a win, you know, two teams that had a winning record all year. The, the, they beat Arizona in the, the NFC Championship game, and then they lost the Super Bowl. The other, I, I think outside of that, I don't think they played anybody else with a winning record all year long. Sometimes it plays out like that. Ain't ain't no fault to nobody. I just how the cookie grumbles sometimes. But these people to be sold up on Carolina who played absolutely positively nothing up to this point. And then had to to to, to hear about Carolina this and Carolina that was was crazy to me. You you played at the time it was an 0 3 Jets or 0 2 Jets. Houston, one of the worst teams in the in the AFC. And then you beat a Saints team. Ooh. Jameson Winston looked good in that first week, but after that first week it has gone downhill for Jameson Winston. So you played a Jets team that had won a game, a Saints team that uh um, I think had one win. Uh, I think it was, they won that first week and then fell apart after that. And a Panther, uh, uh, Houston team. Three, three of probably the worst teams in the NFL right now. They didn't play nobody. Go against the Cowboys, and you played them close, thirty-six to twenty-eight. But don't tell, don't tell Cowboys fans that. Cowboys coming off that win to the the, the the Philadelphia Eagles, which was nobody. And then now coming off this Carolina Panther win, you, you would have thought that 
Chargers had done won the Super Bowl already. Now, now we're we're we're, we're, we're hearing Dak Prescott MVP conversations. We're, we're talking. About, we're 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 hearing Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl conversations. How about we pump the brakes? I mean, uh, granted, you you beat a a good Charger team, but outside of that, the only other legitimate team you played against was Tampa Bay, and you lost. So let's pump the brakes for a few. Let's let's put this all into perspective, because at the end of the day, you match up against Tampa Bay. I, I don't think you beat Tampa Bay again. You lost it the first time. I think the playoff starts tomorrow. I I got my money on Tampa Bay. I also have my money on Arizona. I have my money on Green Bay. There's some teams in the NFC that I I don't see Dallas getting by at this point. NFC-wise, I I give Green Bay or Dallas uh, top five. NFL, you're probably top 10. But Dak Prescott is not MVP. And he should be labeled as probably the comeback player of the year. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Therefore, he can't be the most valuable player. He's not... Yeah, Kyler Murray playing off the, the off the chain. Aaron Rodgers, you you get past week one and whatever that was, and some of y'all that that would, that would be like me going off the deep end with another Cleveland Browns win. Oh, we three and one, we Super Bowl bound. Baker Mayfield should be in the conversation of uh, of MVP. I mean, we're on a three and one team. Yeah, I'm saying that what's happened. Like I said last week, and, I, and I've told people all week this week, I'm more impressed with our loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm more impressed how we played in the one loss we had. Because if we went to botch the a punt, we should be sitting four and zero, and have beat a legitimate team. But Kansas City's two and two. I told you first of all they would win. Everybody, uh, everybody hitting that panic button about the Kansas City Chiefs. I told you they'd be in the mix of everything. Now you got a three and one Charger team, a three and one um, Oakland Raider team, a three and one Denver Bronco team. I told you they would come back to Kansas City. Kansas City's hitting two and two, just chuckling. Like you do realize, all it takes is a week or two of uh, action. And we're going to be sitting with a uh, um, a four-way tie here in AFC West. And the real contender is going to jump ahead of the pretenders out in the West. Oh, Lord. Brady and Belichick. God, I was glad that's over with. You know what's insane? There, there's a lot of people out there in the South that Belichick won this matchup. Because Tom Brady didn't have the best game of his career. First of all, I'll tip my hat to Tom Brady. He's like one of three quarterbacks to beat every team in the NFL. You know, so I, I had, a, I had a, 
a brain fart there for a minute. I was like, wow, Patriots were the last team that they actually beat? <laughs> that he actually beat? Then, oh, duh. <laughs> this is the first and only time you played uh, the Patriots <laughs> in your 20-something years. So I had to rewind that one for a second. I don't care how you spin this. I don't care if he would have thrown for 100 yards. I don't care if he would have thrown five interceptions. The only way that you could feel that Bill Belichick won this matchup, that you could be confident that Tom Brady did not get the upper hand in this whole matchup, is at the end of the day it would have said New England, so and so many points, Tampa Bay, lesser so and so points. That's that's the only way that Tom Brady loses to Bill Belichick, regardless statistically what he put on there. The fact that he threw for no touchdowns, only threw for two hundred yards, had a passing rating of seventy or whatever it was. Because at the end of the day, we know what impact as a leader Tom Brady has on the organization, any organization he plays for, but more so what he has done and, and the role he has taken on at Tampa Bay. Getting the, not only the offensive players to see the game at, at, at a different speed and understand and dissect it better, but help defensively get this team in, in a position to understand things better and, and help guide and, and be a better leader and, and bring this team together. So listening to this game show, this, this talk show, and listening to that talk show, and listening to this person talk, listening to that person talk, and I'm listening to these people talk about – Tampa Bay Buccaneers might have won the game, but Bill Belichick won the Brady-Belichick battle. How is that even mathematically possible? Tom Brady is 1-0 against Bill Belichick. 1-0. There, there could be no other way to spin that. End of the day, it's a it's a team game, it's a team sport. And, and congratulations, to Tom Brady, most passing yards, passes Drew Brees early into the uh, Sunday night game. Um, another big topic is taunting. Is a taunting call was called on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders last night. Um, hurting momentum and hurting things. I think I heard something like there's already 14 taunting calls, penalties in the first four weeks versus three at this point last year. This, this is what I'll say about the taunting, and then we'll, we'll jump into my picks, and then we'll, we'll get into a couple of things real quick, get things wrapped up tonight. Um. I've never been a fan of the whole showboating, the whole 
spectacle, also known as taunting, when it comes to players in the NFL. The whole pulling out the the, phone, the the pen and sign the football, or the whole standing in the, in the middle of Dallas Stadium as a star, the whole um, cell phone act like you had a cell phone, the whole I think the whole defense running to the end and, and because they make a play is beyond ridiculous, but it's part of the game. The issue that I have with the whole taunting call is it becomes a judgment call. It becomes to the referee's discretion. It becomes bias. Now you're asking officials to have an unbiased approach and Regardless what any ref tells you, every ref, I'm sure, has a hometown team, a favorite team, a team they want to see win. Regardless if they ever officiate those teams or not, doesn't mean that they don't have a dislike for other teams. Doesn't mean that over the years a team is not rubbed in the wrong way, a player is not rubbed in the wrong way. And so now you're asking human officials to not allow human thoughts, emotions, or bias play a factor into they feel if a player is taunting. And what to what extent is taunting? I agree with Colin Calhoun, and I'm not big on the fact that the Las Vegas uh, player um, spiked the football, and I wouldn't really call it a spike, but he, and the day, spiked the football to an extent on the Charger sideline, and that's what ultimately drew the taunting call. Um it wasn't in a fashion of in your face it wasn't in the fashion of trying to cause a fight or anything to that nature and this big and and to me it's kind of the same time disrespectful to do it on someone else's sideline I don't feel that it was a taunting call worthy action. If he would have grunk, spiked the ball, I I can I can understand. It's simply just basically throw the ball down after making a big catch in a critical time of the game. Not so much an issue with it. I have more of an issue of of a defensive player getting up and doing some kind of celebration when they sack a quarterback when their team's down by 50 points than I did with that. Actually, that that kind of chaps my ass when, when I see players do that. Like, you're down by three touchdowns. 
your measly sack with two minutes left in the game really is not changing anything. So you flexing, taunting, whatever you you got going on because you sacked a quarterback in meaningless minutes in a game that you got your ass handed to you the entire other 55 minutes of the game or 57 minutes of the game is beyond ridiculous to me. I know that the NFL goes through phases and makes rules and changes rules and everything else. I hope I hope two things. And then we'll get into these picks. One, for the life of me, I hope that this whole taunting rule and penalty does not dictate term or determine the outcome of crowning and who lives the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. Would be nothing worse than knowing that an official's biased opinion on what is taunting or unbiased or whatever um, opinion is of what a taunt is and not dictates who ends up winning the championship this year would be very devastating. Two, ultimately, I hope that the NFL decides to change this rule before the end of the season versus letting the season play out. Even if they don't change the rule, if Roger Goodell comes out and says, look, this is this is out of hand. We already got 14 content calls in the first seat of the first four weeks. Let's let's loosen this the reins up on this and, and let's make this rule apply to those that go up out of their way um, and basically try to provoke some kind of reaction or fight or something to that nature versus simply what the Las Vegas player did and just basically threw the ball to the ground after making a play, not at anybody, not, you know, not to the extreme of a grunt slam, basically just threw the ball down. I'm more of a traditionalist. I I have the most utmost respect for Barry Sanders. Roger scored his touchdown. He had run over and the, the ball to the ref, and that was the end of it. That is my all-time most favorite celebration, the Barry Sanders celebration. But I would hate to see the NFL season and the champion or championship come down to or be dictated um, by – an official's opinion or feelings on what is a taunting call or not. Let's get into our uh, our picks for this week. Um, as uh, we roll into week five of the NFL season, and uh, we, we've kind of gotten a foundation on where things are, what, what, who is what and what is where in the NFL. Now we kind of get a – now things start to flow a little bit better. And, and picks – and so far, uh, one of the – I was in – I missed the last two weeks of the NFL. So the first two weeks – one of the weeks I was down to the Monday night game. So I've been in the first week. I wasn't far off. 
Uh, I mean, like I said, last week I wasn't in the NFL pool, but I, I got most of my picks. I, I, if I had been in, I probably would have been in the running for um, the football pool. So hopefully this week get back into the football pool. Hopefully that means uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, a W and uh, pull some cash. Um, let's go through these picks. Uh, Thursday night game, we got the Los Angeles Rams rolling into Seattle. Um, Rams coming off of uh, their loss. Um, Seattle coming off their win. Um, I, I know a lot of people are sold on the Rams and feel, feel that Seattle is not quite there. I... I agree and disagree. I, I feel that the Rams are a, a great team, but defensively, they're not. They're not the same defensive team that we've seen. They they are allowing a lot more yards and a lot more points than we have ever seen under Sean McVay. And uh, Seattle, I, I, it's taking a minute to get things clicking, but I think that. You, you get past the off season and the uncertainties of Russell Wilson. I think things are starting to roll forward, and, and Seattle's starting to find their way. They find their way at home this weekend. I am thinking of the Seattle Seahawks at home Thursday night um, primetime game. I'm thinking Seattle to do it. I'm thinking the, the 12th man. Um, I, I just can't see Seattle um, not locking things up with uh, the Los Angeles Rams and getting themselves in a position already down two games to Arizona in this division. Now you, you're, you're kind of getting into panic mode and I know we're only four games into, we're only a quarter into the season, but you're already two games behind Arizona, who's an extremely hot team. Now you can't find yourself falling back any farther. Hopes that Arizona has a couple of blips in the in in their their season to pull them back in because now you're if not you're you're relying on a wild card. You're 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 relying on Carolina to either stumble and Seattle continue to stumble. You're 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 hoping on that nobody in the NFC North gains momentum and. Green Bay is obviously going to take the, the the NFC North. So now you're hoping that Detroit, Minnesota, and Chicago continue and don't catch fire. You're, you're hoping that the same thing happens in the South with the Saints, Atlanta, and um, Saints. Atlanta. Because you, you already know that Tampa Bay and Carolina are, are, are one who's going to win your division. The other one's probably going to get your wild card. I was trying to play with Tampa Bay. I don't know why. Um, and, and so Seattle can't fall any farther behind. You also got to worry about the 49ers. You, can't, you also got to worry about the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so you, you can't find yourself letting yourself getting farther and farther behind Arizona because at that point you're also getting behind the Rams, you're getting behind the 49ers, you get behind Tampa Bay, behind Carolina, behind Dallas. Um, so this, 
I'm not gonna say this is a must win, but this this is this is an important game. This is a game to keep you within reach of the Arizona Cardinals, so you don't find yourself falling and and having to find yourself relying on a wild card spot. Next game I have on this list: uh, the Green Bay Packers travel to Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati has not really beat anybody. Um, you struggled against Jacksonville, beating your chest off that. Um, Green Bay, ever since that week one, what the hell was that moment? Um, Green Bay has been clicking all, on all cylinders. Green Bay rolls into Cincinnati, knocks Cincinnati off the high horse, um, sending him down three and two, and Green Bay taking uh, a strong stronghold of the NFC North on their way to um, uh, taking that division. Next uh, on the list is the Denver Broncos at Pittsburgh. Um, I think this is it of Big Ben. I, I think that this season things continue to unravel. Things start to um, we, we start to see the, the Pittsburgh Steelers look to go into a different direction, start to look at life after Big Ben. They, they should have parted their ways, and they should have went ahead went in, in a different direction going into the season. But now here we are, week four, Steelers 1-3, and three, Denver 3-1. Three and one. Um, we, we got to see Denver fall apart against Baltimore. Um, I see Denver going into Pittsburgh and – continuing their winning ways. Um, Denver is the better of the two teams. Um, I, I see Denver taking this one. Um, next one on the list is Washington, home against the New Orleans Saints, both of these teams 2-2. Two and two. I've never been a fan of Jamison Winston. I feel that that was another one of those overhyped, overrated situations. Um, the year he won his national championship. First of all, you played in the ACC. Um, so you really played nobody, and then your combined opponents were 81 and 81. So not only did you play in the ACC, you played uh, a schedule that allowed you not even to play winning team schedule. Um, then you went up against an Auburn team that wasn't even the best team. They just happened to have that miraculous um, return, that, that field goal return. Um, and, and so you lined up to not play the best team in the entire college football on the way to win a championship that has proven, once again, that an overrated quarterback cannot succeed in the NFL, as uh, Jameis Winston has proven that over and over. Um, Washington, defense much better than what it has put up so far. Um, I have Washington at home over the New Orleans Saints. Um, next game on the list, uh, the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 travel to Atlanta. Um, once again, Atlanta is just another <laughs> another disappointing year for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they get to turn things around. They will get a W at home against the Jets. But we can't put a lot of weight into this win against the Jets. Um, next on the list is the 0-4 Detroit Lions. And it's sad because this Detroit Lion is actually a 66-yard field goal away from actually being a 1-3 Detroit Lion. But um, – and then turn around and lose to a Justin Field-less Chicago Bears team. Um, but Minnesota, a um, couple of heartbreak losses. 
this weekend or last weekend as well against uh, the, the Cleveland Browns, who did not really put up great numbers, but the defense playing phenomenal um, caused Minnesota to only be able to score seven points to take that L. But at home against an 0-4 Detroit team, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay home at Miami. Um, I, I think the Miami Dolphins are really rethinking what they did in this offseason, thinking that Tua was the answer. Really should went in a different direction in the quarterback position. Tampa Bay at home um, against Miami. Carolina um, at home against Philadelphia. Philadelphia God, not looking good at all. Um, and things are going to continue to fall apart as well in that quarterback situation. Um, just really not the best situation for the Eagles. Um, Carolina bounces back after their loss last weekend in Dallas to uh, go 4-1 and one and uh, continue to lead the uh, NFC North. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacksonville continues their losing way. It was make that 20 straight losses since that 1-0 start. Um, or was it 24 straight losses at this point or no? Let's see. 15, 19, so yeah, it'd be 20 straight losses. Ha! Um, New England travels to Houston. Houston, that's that's a whole a whole crapshoot. You just lost 40 to nothing. Things are really unraveling in Houston. Um, I think we're getting to a point that we're going to see Houston to start possibly take less for Deshaun Watson so you can salvage something this season and get something out of it versus paying him $10 million a year just to sit at home and do nothing. Um, New England over the Houston Texans. Chicago travels to Las Vegas. Las Vegas bounces back um, from their loss to the the Chargers um, to, to keep pace with the Chargers going four and one. Um, speaking of those Chargers, as a matter of fact, Las Vegas will take top spot and stay pace with Denver because this is my upset of the week. I think Denver, Cleveland offensively clicks, finally gets things going, defensively plays lights out like they've been playing. I have Cleveland upset over the Chargers um, in Los, uh, Los Angeles. New York travels to Dallas. Great. Dallas gets to play another weak team, and then now we get to hear more MVP talk. We get to hear more Super Bowl talk about a team that is not going to have an MVP um, quarterback or a Super Bowl championship team. But I do have Dallas going 4-1 and one and beating the New York Giants. Arizona at home against the 49ers. They will continue their winning ways. Um, making themselves 5-0 and and knocking San Francisco down to a losing record, making them reevaluate the Jimmy G or Trey Lance situation. Kansas City at home against Buffalo. I have KC. I done told you all all this talk in KC. Um, and as the, the, this, this dynasty and everything, well, well, they're not a dynasty. You can't win one Super Bowl and be a dynasty. But this whole talk um, of Kansas City and have they fell off? They've not fell off. Um, they will win at home and continue their their winning ways. And by the end of the season, we're going to be talking about Kansas City, Cleveland, and the AFC Championship game. And forget that that Kansas City started off the season one and two, almost zero and three, um, a botch torn away from 
start the season off 0-3. And then the final game, Baltimore at home against Indianapolis. I have the Baltimore Ravens winning yet another game, um, running pace with the Cleveland Browns at 4-1. And, um, and uh, continuing their streak as well and potentially pissing off the Indianapolis Colts in doing so. Um, always, uh, always a good time. Um, Baltimore, you do you. Just don't do you against Cleveland. That's all I ask. Uh, last thing that I want to get into before we get things wrapped up tonight, topic-wise, um, Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace wins the uh, race at Talladega this weekend, which has just caused a whole a whole bit of con- – I'm not going to say controversy, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a whole to do. Um Unfortunately for Bubba Wallace and those that are Bubba Wallace fans, most people will never get past the fake news, the fake racist thing that went on. Um, that thing, that that whole fake um, racist accusation will for probably forever sit in people's mind and how that has turned into – um, sponsorship opportunities and a ride opportunity with Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan's racing over the 23-11, X-11, whatever the hell the team is called. Um, to have people discredit a win because it's a rain-shortened victory, that's where I want to go because I'm not going to change people's mind nor my mind going to be changed on how things were handled, how NASCAR handled it, how making a false claim on what was ultimately a garage door handle to fit the narrative of what was going on to benefit and to basically take yourself out of what was probably going to be your last season at Richard Richard Petty Motorsports due to lack of sponsorship and lack of backing um, that turned into you being a different team because now you're fully sponsored because you used a false narrative to get yourself to where you're at. That's here nor there. But to have these people discredit a win Jeff Gordon won five times on a rain shortened race. Earnhardt's won a rain shortened race. I think I saw Rusty Wallace had won three or four times. Darrell Walter won through two or three times. Whatever the case may be, you, you can't discredit somebody shortened victory because you don't like the narrative or the narrative that he has carried to pursue or to continue his career. Um a win is a win, regardless how you look at it. Chris Busher's win is a win, regardless how you look at it. Um, there's a couple other drivers. I believe there's a driver this, driver this year, if I'm not mistaken, that either won on a range shorten or got dark and had to cancel the in the race situation that nobody is batted an eye at. Um, there's been multiple drivers that have won due to range short and races. There's a whole long laundry list of drivers, but nobody has discredited those drivers. I'm not going to discredit Bubba Wallace because at the end a winning a range short and race comes down to strategy and willing and the willingness to take a risk of staying out uh, when it could at the end of the day cost you a win because instead of pitting with everybody else 
or potentially running out of gas in hopes to be out front when the race gets canceled is a whole call and a whole strategy within itself. So therefore, I'm not going to take away from their crew chief. I'm not going to take away from what that team did because it was a guesstimated opportunity that they jumped on. So to, to hear these people, oh, it, 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 it's a rain short win. It's not a real win. It's a real win. It goes in the book as a win. You got the, the trophy as a win. You got the points as a win. If he would have been in the, the, the playoffs, it would have been he would have been into the next round. If it would have been early in the season, he would be in the playoffs win. It counts as a win regardless of how much you dislike or like Bubba Wallace. Um, it was one of the first NASCAR drivers. As a matter of fact, I got to interview him, Speedway, um, parking lot after his win in the truck series um, at Kentucky. Gave me all the time in the world. have the utmost respect for him and what he is willing to do for his fans. I don't have any respect for him necessarily due to the false narrative and how he he, he he didn't apologize or retract the false claims and has benefited from that. Um, but I will not take the win, the win away from him or discredit the win. A win is a win. Regardless if you want it on a ring short and race, a strategy, miss the big one. Mike, uh, Roger, uh, Mike McDowell won a race earlier this year. Wasn't he was the best driver. They avoided the big one. He had to be out front. It is what it is. We're going to just start discrediting people and how they won. If it does not fit the narrative that we feel um, that a NASCAR driver should fit and, and follow and, and determine which win is legit and which win is not legit, let's get past this. Um, this weekend, NASCAR had three first-time winners, first time in the three series, in the same weekend of the same track. First time it's ever happened. Congratulations to all the winners, regardless how they won the race. I think one of them was because of darkness. One was because of rain. And I forget how the third one won. I don't know if any of them actually legitimately went the full distance and won that way this weekend. I could care less. Nobody discredited the other drivers. And the fact that one of them, I know one of them was short because of darkness. Nobody discredited them. I think it was Brandon that won that race. Um, the one that was due to it being dark. Why Talladega doesn't have lights is beyond me. Um, here we are, 2021. All the tracks should have lights because of this possibility. But nobody discredited anybody else's win this weekend. As fans, we we need to get above and beyond that 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 BS. Let God sort out the narratives, the end, the false claims, and, and the ugliness. As fans, we need to just appreciate the fact that we got an opportunity to sit and watch a race. That there was even a race, even though it had to be ran on Monday, there was even a race this weekend. Don't forget, Thursday night, South, so the Southern Dirt Track Report, 8 o'clock. You guys got a lot of stuff to get cover for you guys this weekend. Monday night's right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. You got Race Chat Live. I'll be back in the studio next Tuesday night to recap week five of the NFL um, and uh, jump into some of these other topics that are going on in the sporting world. Never at the all moment as uh, we get to ready to wrap up the 2021 year. Um, 
in general, as we are here in October. And as we get closer and closer to bull time, playoff time, NBA season, getting ready to roll, get rolling, um, a lot of things to jump into. So make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday night right here at the 110 Nation uh, Sports Radio um, Sports Show. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.